Hello and welcome back to the Rovish Chat Podcast. It's episode 13 and after a week with two games, a loss and a win, Rovers now head into an international break with a bit of optimism in the step after a big win at the weekend. We'll go into that, boys, but it's been a busy week, like I say. A Bruges Rovers recovered from a Coventry heartbreak to claim all three points at QPR with a really formidable win. The end to the break in 17th, but Sammy Smoddick leads the way in the Championship goal scoring charts with seven goals and two assists. Dolan, Smoddick, Sigurdsson and Vost had all made the team of the week. And another compliment for Sammy and another really positive note is that he finally made the Ireland squad and he's been called up for the games against Greece and Gibraltar in the coming weeks. We'll have all that covered on this week's podcast as well as upcoming games, as well as a few different topics we're looking to chat about given the fact that there's no football next week. But let's just introduce the co-host. Mark, how are we today? Are we good? I'm good, thanks, Dan. How are you? Uh, recovering. Mark, how are we? Yeah, this is what we've been talking about, so we feel like we've got a social media celebrity on our hands. Do you want to explain, Dan? Yeah, I may have ended up on away day sleepers and everyone decided to jump on it, which was delightful. I've had to hide it from my Facebook feed. I don't use Facebook much. Uh, I wish I didn't no. use it at all, to be honest, because I wouldn't have seen it. But yeah, a mixture of an early no. start and a bit of rum. I don't really watch Facebook, but I'll be honest, since I've come home from work, my favourite activity is reading through the comments. I don't know if you have, but I just want to share a few of them. Uh, should have left him at the services. Is he alive is quite a common one. People are genuinely worried about that. He's never going to make a kickoff. Kevin and Perry have never changed. Who was your friend, by the way? He's got one into like, a few of these. Yeah, he got called Peter K off a few people, didn't he? He, he did, he did. <laughs> Someone said they thought it was one fan with two heads. But my favourite, I know we've had a few nicknames for you, was Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> should be Romeo and Juliet, shouldn't it? What was your drink? should have been Romeo. Oh, there that we go. delightful Ray and Nephew. Let's, uh... Disgusting poison. Do we not have any football to oh, discuss no. this week? It's been a <laughs> no, 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 no. We're fine. Really busy week. We can do we can do an hour this if you want. If anyone wants to check that out, uh, get on Facebook. You can't miss it. It feels like it's been everywhere anyway. But we're going to discuss that QPR game. But let's start with the Coventry one. Mark, you were down at Coventry on Wednesday. Rovers fall to one 0 defeat after Hadji Wright head team after the ball. It's the bar right in front of Volstead. What were your general takeaway from the match? Did Rovers deserve anything or was it kind of a, a deserved result? Uh, my initial thoughts were I thought we deserved the win. Um, but looking back, probably draw was the right result. I was really surprised about the atmosphere at the Rico. It was loud. It was it was, they were they were sucking the ball into the net come the end, weren't they? And it yeah. I mean, Mark and I had had a little bit of a discussion in the chat, I think, with you, Dan, about Volstead for the goal. Um, he seemed to have a bit of a funny dive, didn't he, after it hit the bar. I, I just think he was kind of not sure where the ball was going to go. But, yeah, he can't be blamed for that. But probably a draw was the right result in the end. And I feel, I feel, I felt a little bit broken after that result. Yeah, I did as well. I think there's a few chats I mean, and I went in it afterwards and just I think I said I was bored of bored of team not bored of the way we're playing, but bored of managers saying we're the best team in the league's been doing my head in for weeks and it was still going on. But just bored of kind of knowing what was coming about it, knowing you knew kind of as soon as well, especially as soon as that Moran goal wasn't given. Now, Mark, that Moran goal that wasn't actually goal 
was it the right decision or do you feel that Rovers has been hard done by the officials? I think it's a classic case of we would want it, they wouldn't. Um, for me, he didn't have it under full control. I think he probably had two hands on it, but you've got to have control on it. Um, I, I felt, you know, the referee's initial reaction was to give the goal. So why are the linesman sticking his nose in? I've no idea because that's not what they're there for. They're there for offside. Just do your job, man. The only gripe I had from it was both give the goal and then suddenly change their minds. And it's not like they have VAR, even though that's coming to the spotlight in, in the Premier League recently, but it's not like they have video to help them. So why are the decisions no, no. change from both of them not giving it yeah. to both I, of them? I think, oh, yeah, it is. That was the big thing. It was not so much that... if I think if initially they'd have just not given it, you'd have probably gone, fair enough. It was the surrounding... Situation. Yeah, it's the home and and away gonna, thing, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you guys. Was there a big reaction in the ground to it? Did that impact? You think? Uh, it was strange because the away end didn't really react. I don't think many of us could actually see the goal. To be honest, you know, it, it was kind of very delayed. When you watch it back on the highlights, the ball goes in, and then the away end suddenly goes up. I don't think there was from anyone really. I know they were complaining about it, uh, the players, but. I think most people had just accepted a goal had been given. When uh, when Moran ran off to the corner and that, I think everyone felt it were, yeah, yeah. giving it were a strange one. It was really weird. Yeah, from, from our end, we didn't really know what had happened. As far as we were no. concerned, it was a lost opportunity and suddenly they're, you know, Moran's off celebrating. And going back to what Mark said, it... It, I don't feel like he had the ball under control. Uh, there was a lot of even Rovers fans arguing, saying, yeah, it should have been disallowed. He had two hands on the ball. But it's a grey area of the rule. Um, I, I actually tweeted out, and I didn't get as many bites as I thought I would with some of the Coventry fans later on. But, yeah, I just he, he just didn't seem to have control of that ball. I mean, it hit his palms for a split second. If I'm... If I'm a goalkeeping coach, I'm, t- I'm having to go at my goalkeeper for that because he, di- he didn't come and claim it as he should. Um, maybe he shouldn't have come at that point. I don't know. But, yeah, it look- just looked like weak goalkeeping for me. Yeah, it did from my from my spot. But, and I'm glad we can move on to a positive, Rovers went down to QPR on Saturday, 1-4-0. How much of the match uh, I remember is a different story. But, really positive result. Now, Mark... Obviously, QPR are the side that look in danger. Probably only Chef Wednesday looked to be more in danger than them. But mm. what do you take from that game? Is it the positives of doing the right things anyway? Or do we have to kind of keep ourselves steady and realise, look, we've beat a really poor side? I actually was very surprised with QPR. I thought the game went completely the opposite to what I was expecting. Actually, they dominated the ball. They actually played some good football. Not something you normally associate with Gareth Ainsworth. Um, I thought we were the ones who looked nervy, edgy, and then we were clinical, which is a, you know not what we've been yeah. recently. And then, then we dominated. I think when we go in front, I really like us as a team. I think we're perfectly set up to play on the break. So from my point of view, I thought, actually, this is something that we've not been doing. We, you know, we took chances that we haven't been taking when we've had five, six, seven. We took the you know the first two and we were very clinical. So it was pleasing really. Yeah, definitely. It felt the positive step forward. Like we say, we know what side we're playing. We're not getting super carried away by it. But like I was trying to hint at there really that 
you're still doing the right things. We're still doing what we need to. It works. We've seen in other games where we have played well and been a good side against these managers that come and praise us. It kind of all comes together on Saturday and hopefully it's the way to push on. I actually wish to win an international break now. I've been waiting for it for mm. weeks and now we've got this result. I don't want one, but it is yeah. what it is. Now, we'll go on and have a look at the new signings and this ties in almost to the QPR game because I wanted to come to you first, Mike. Obviously, goalkeeper yourself, we've discussed Page, we've discussed Volstead and Kaminsky on this channel quite a lot over the last year or so. Have you made to his start to life? Obviously, two games in now, two league starts for him. Have you been impressed by Leo? Yes, I think ultimately I am because of the fact that we hadn't heard of him before he joined. And so your expectations are pretty low, to be honest. But he's come in and he looks really confident and solid. I mean, you saw him when he came across to the fans um, at the Coventry game at halftime. He's there applauding. The fans seem to take a bit of, you know, feed off it a little bit. So he's obviously got that confidence about him. But the ball at his feet, you know, we, we was passing it around at the back. And my heart was in my mouth at times, you know, when, when he's playing it short to Carter. And it was like, we are doing this no matter what. But it worked. Um, he was coming out for crosses. Uh, okay, he punched some, which maybe he could catch later on um, when he's a little bit more confident in the system. But generally, he does look pretty good. I mean, we've had two games with no goalkeeping areas. Who knew that could happen? That's it. I feel the distribution's been the big part for me. I thought, especially at QPR, they were very good at getting the ball at his feet and moving out. Now, another player featured at QPR, Sandra Chanstad, one with not seen much of at all. Yeah. Uh, other than the cup games, really. Mark, what do you make to his recent resurgence? Almost come on at mm. Coventry. I thought he had a really good game off the bench, actually. Uh, he did the same Saturday. Is he starting to show the signs of the play we thought we were getting? Yeah, I think he looks a, a neat and tidy football. He, he almost looks like the sort of player we haven't had since Corey Evans. Not that Corey Evans was a world-beating footballer, but that calm, steady holding defensive midfielder that we haven't really had. Um, my, my concerns about him from the initial game and actually in pre-season were his mobility. I'm still not convinced he's, he's got the athleticism to be covering both right and full the left full-backs if we need. But after seeing him in the last two games, I completely agree. He impressed me at Coventry. He really impressed me at weekend. He looks very comfortable on the ball. And actually, I think, He's probably not a like-for-like replacement. We can't just slot him into the team. But for games that we feel that holding midfielder's actually got a role to play, or if he plays in a two, which I think 4-2-3-1's probably our best formation, I think there's a big role for him yeah. to play now. I think he's a massive bonus because, not I'd written him off, but after seeing him early on, I thought he's got a lot to do here to, to feature in the first team. Um, and he's done it, to be fair. Yeah, I've been impressed by him. I'm, I'm glad he's coming in short summer as well because he's clearly got talent. Yeah. You know, you don't play, what, 100 and odd games in the Dutch league without being good. We know it's a good league. Uh, another one that I wanted mm -hmm. to mention with Niall Ennis who come on uh, late on at QPR. Now, obviously, been a rocky start to injuries. I feel for Ennis, it's been a disappointing start in terms of his injuries. He looks promising when he gets on the ball. I like mm -hmm. the look of him. I just don't think we've seen enough of him to yet make a judgment. And the same probably yeah. goes for Telelovic as well, Mike. The question I wanted to ask was, just so we not fully praising the QPR and always have a little mourners or all those fans, do you feel he should have come on on Saturday with that game sealed? Do you feel that with the game to kind of get him on and get him in behind and get him 
what I think is a much-needed goal. 100%, yeah, because we didn't play with that number nine once again. And I said on the match reaction that to win 4-0 without a number nine was a great performance from us. But, yeah, I want to see Tadalovic come on and get some minutes. We haven't seen anything of him. He hasn't played any reserve, well, sorry, under-23 games yet, has he? You know, he's no. uh, nothing there. So... <laughs> Uh, we can't judge him yet. I mean, we've seen his size. We've seen his touch, which, uh, you know, I don't want to judge him too much, but hasn't been fantastic when we have seen him. But we've seen effort. We've seen movement. Um, positioning seems to be quite good. He's getting into the areas which we would want him. He just needs minutes now because just chucking him on for the last 15, 10, 5 minutes isn't good enough. Strikers don't, I mean, they just don't get enough touches. You know, you look at Haaland, we've said this before, Haaland, he gets all these goals, but actually touches-wise, he hardly gets any touches. That's what makes him an amazing player. So, strikers just don't get enough touches, which means you need to give them way more minutes to see what they can do. He needs mm-hmm. he needs now to start doing what we did with Sigurdsson, which is giving him a, like a half or giving him 60, 70 minutes to see what he can do. Yeah, definitely. Now, one player who did score goals, and Mike, I'm sure you'll be glad I'm coming to you with this one, Arnor Sigurdsson, and two goals for Rovers, takes you up to four goals in his first five appearances, I believe, for the club. Just how mm. impressed have you been by Sigurdsson since he finally returned from injury? Very. I think saw him at Ipswich, and within, without him doing a great deal, within five minutes or so, you could tell he had that touch of quality. I don't want to go overboard with him. I think there's a lot still for him to do and obviously you've got to do it on a cold Tuesday night at Stoke and all these kind of tests but I just think he looks the way I described it that day was that he looks like a player when you're playing in the cup and you've got a lot of young players and there's a returning first team player he just looked like he had that little bit of quality and I think the second goal at weekend just showed it all for me it was a poor ball out to him he controlled it on, the, on his chest pinged the ball into feet, got it back Cut inside, and it just looked easy, and it was a great finish. And that's the thing; he just makes everything look a lot easier than people are trying a lot harder in some ways, and they're not they're not doing anywhere near as as well, and they're not as effective. I just think we could have a real talent. What I need to know, and what I'm desperate to know, is it sounds like we've got a permanent deal. Is that in our favour? Do we just have to sign that off? Because I really don't want it to be up in the air for both of us. No, I'm the same. I believe it's December the 1st as well that he can come into it because his contract's a month right. early. I think Rick Sharp put that on that, uh, mm. with the way his contract waits. It's a month early. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm sure it'll get covered as well <clears throat> over the coming weeks. And so now what I'm delighted to take the lead on is James Hill, who again coming to the side these last two games, I think he's looked a real... Yeah. Firstly, I think he settled in really well. He looks like he's been here for a long time. The fact he can play right back, I think, is a big benefit because we've seen JLC pushed in. Callum Britton's moved out wide. After all these worries for years about full-back areas, it's become the strongest position, like we've mentioned a few times. And mm. I'm just delighted to have James Hill in. And where he goes, uh, where he stands going forward now, I wondered, is John Dahl going to move JLC back because he wants to bring Travis and Wharton back in? Are we going to see Harry Pickering drop out the side? It's a very good headache to have. I think we've got a very good choice of full-backs. It's just where they go. Uh, Mike, do you feel Hill's future lies at right-back for Rovers or do you think we might see him pushed into the centre? 
After the last two games, yeah, why not? I mean, I'd like to see him play at centre-back. Um, obviously, if we get any kind of injury crisis at centre-back, mm. it'd be nice to see him there. So maybe if we've got a couple of games coming forward where we can just risk him in that centre-back role, I'd, I'd do it. But we, we, we've spoken plenty of times how we need players to step up and play multiple positions. Well, Callum Britton and JRC are definitely doing that in spades. And it is nice to know that we've got Hill that's had two fantastic games. And I'm going to say they're fantastic games. Uh, debutising at right back. I mean, dare we say we're going to fall in love with another lone player? You know, it, it seems like it's going to happen. But it is nice to actually get some lone players in that are pretty good. Yeah, that, it has been a, a breath of fresh air. And the final one and the final player on our list is Andy Moran. Now, Mike, he's had that really good game against Cardiff. I thought he was decent enough against Leicester. And then, obviously, uh, hasn't featured as regularly in the last couple. Where do you think his role lies in this side? Because the way I see it at the moment is that Sigurdsson's going to be a guaranteed starter unless yep. an injury happens. Sammy Smodic is going to be a guaranteed starter unless an injury happens. So you've got two slots, one where I don't think he can take that striker role. So is Moran going to have to settle for constantly competing with Mark Andy, with Dolan, with Hedges? Or do you feel he can force his way into being probably the third of that three behind the striker? I think the right-hand side, if he's going to play regularly, is going to be where he features. However, he's not. he didn't take his chance to do really at Ipswich when he had that opportunity. I've been really impressed with him, though. I think he's going to be a massive bonus. And actually, he might not be overly happy to hear this, but what a substitute that is to have to bring on, particularly if you're ahead in the game. That pace then on the counter-attack, he looks absolutely lethal at that stage of the game. I think I'd like to see him fitting on that right-hand side. I think that's probably where, all being well, he probably will. And then you've got him, Smodix, and Sigurdsson on the other side. But that said, I think his best position is is that number 10 role. I think he, he some, in some ways, adds more than Smodix. But when somebody's top of the goal-scoring charts, there's no way you're going to move him out of the team. And you've perfectly le- led us on back to the next bit where we were looking, you know, we wanted to mention a, k- a few key players. We'll start with Smodix. Obviously, as I mentioned at the start, received his call-up for Ireland, which we can all agree is fully deserved. How impressed, Mike, have you been by the impacts Monitz has had? You know, we're looking at seven goals, two assists. I think he's already beat last season's total. At the rate yeah. he's going, and I know it won't continue all season, he's looking at 20-odd goals with, with a goal-scoring mm-hmm. rate he started with. Just how impressed have you been with him stepping up into the role, especially given yeah. you know the big man Diaz left last summer? I'm I think we need impressed. Oh sorry. oh, sorry. Did you say Mark no, or Mark? Go on, Mark. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So I've I've been massively impressed with him. And uh, before just Mark comes in, sorry. Uh, no, if Sigurdsson's our perfect replacement for Breviton, Schmodix is our perfect replacement for Dak. Yeah. Yeah. Mark, yeah. do you agree with that? Yeah, I think. People are saying, oh, we've lost Diaz and Dak this summer. Really, we lost Dak this summer before. Well, we lost him to injury, didn't we? But he wouldn't be getting in at this point anyway. Diaz, you can argue. Dak, he just wouldn't fit in this team. I think Smodix has his his limitations. I can half understand why he's not been in the Ireland team. I think he has got limitations. I think on the ball, when he's in in build-up play, he's quite poor at times. But you cannot replicate or replace even um, somebody who's in that number 10 role who's just got that sixth sense for when to run in behind and when he gets there his finishing is unbelievable 
Uh, so, yeah. it, it, it's goal returns are. I can't even imagine that they were going to be that good. I hoped they would be, and I thought he was probably the biggest goal threat we've got. But the way he steps up is phenomenal, really. He was so my criticism of Smadits last year was that he didn't do that getting in behind too well. I thought there were a lot of times we played last year, and we, I think a lot of Rovers fans said, Oh, we could have done with that there, we could have done with that there. But he's done that perfectly this year, where you know, the ball where, and I know obviously it were really poor defending, but the goal he got at QPR, he was in that right mm. position, got in there, went and took the chance. That's ultimately yeah. what we need from him this year. It's a lot of weights on his shoulders. He's one of the most experienced players in the side as well. And I'm just glad he stepped up to the fore. And now, one player who's really come into the fore again in recent games, especially in the last two, is Terry Stoll. And now, we sat here a week or two ago, wondering and wondering really where his future is in this side. But I think it's been a really positive week. Got his goal at QPR. I thought he was probably Rover's best attacking threat at Coventry. Mike, how good is it to see Dolan back and see him in this? I'd say he's gone back to the the young Dolan. Like, how good is it to see him free again? Yeah, there's there's definitely a weight off his shoulders, hasn't there, recently with this game time that he's getting. I still feel like he tries a little bit too much on the step overs and the little fancy footwork. Not sure yeah. his game's actually ready for that. I want to see him be a little bit more direct and honest with the ball. But yeah, when he scored that goal at QPR, when he did that flip, you could just see in his face how relieved he was. And we were all yeah. relieved. I want him to sign this new deal. Um, I, we don't. Well, there's no news on it at the moment, is there? We haven't heard anything. So we, we're desperate to get him signed because he is an asset and he is good. Mm. But yeah, I think the last two games he has stepped up. He has done well. I just want to see, see him simplify his game a little bit more. Mm. Mark, do you feel that Dolan's positive sides come from taking that forward role again? Do you feel that's going to be his best position in this team? I didn't. I mean, firstly, I'm I'm so happy for Terry Stoll, and he's such a well-liked person and a player from the fans, from the players. I'm so happy for him. He, he has he's shown great resilience and mental strength. I was disappointed he didn't nail down that left forward slot before Sigurdsson was fit. I thought that was his opportunity. However, looking at it, at the beginning of the season, I felt that was his, his position. I think looking at Saturday, I think, actually it's going to be that central forward if he gets in anywhere. I think it simplifies his game for him. He's better option than Smodix, but I think the problem there is he's behind Gallagher, Ennis and Leonard for that role. That's his big problem, whereas he could have yeah. made that left forward position his own. I was just going to ask you, has anyone seen his Rovers TV interview today? Well, it's from the weekend. No, not yet. Right. Not yet. I really would urge you all to go and watch it. So he opens up a little bit. And he said himself, he said, I've been really struggling. It's been the most difficult period of my career, which we all know. But he said, I put a lot of pressure on myself early on this season. Um, he said, personally and, and you know, professionally, I've been really <laughs> struggling. Um, and I think we could all see that. And he said, and that's why the goal meant so much to me. That's why the somersault was back. Um, so he's obviously gone through a bit of a tough time personally as well. And, and fair play to him to opening up about that because we could all see it. And, it, and if actually that's what it was, and he put too much pressure on himself, and he's moving forward now like this. You know, fantastic. And we know Tyrese Dolan is such a great person. And if he's coming out and speaking about his own troubles, as well, fair play. 
Yeah, we, uh, me and Mike had the pleasure of meeting him actually at that Girona game mm-hmm. when we were in the press box. And he said in that game about, or after the game, how he wants to take that Brereton role. He wants to be that first name mm-hmm. on the team sheet, take that role and make up for it. And I wonder, you know, I saw a little bit of that interview and I wonder if maybe that was on his mind of he's got to do mm-hmm. Diaz's role because I think Diaz's role in this side was something different that none of our players could offer. I feel they could do it in a different way. And I wonder if maybe he just felt the pressure of having to step up when, in fact, it should be a team effort. It should be the front four that go and get them goals this year, not the one player that we've relied on for probably five or six years because we had Armstrong, didn't we? We had uh, Diaz in the last couple. I'm just glad he... Yeah, Dak as well. Uh, So he just seems to be in that position now where he's, he's a lot more settled. Now... That's this week in Focus Done and the recent games. We'll go on to the hot topic soon. First, it's time for Hitchy's Bets. Now, not a winner last week, Mike. Can we get one this week? No. Well, you know, we're, we're, st- we're still up. We're still up. So, I've, gone, I've, I've mixed it up a bit this week. We've got the boring internationals. Nobody really cares, but I thought I'd make it slightly interesting. The only problem is only one of these bets is available so far. So, I haven't got the full odds. But... I've looked at the Iceland game and I thought, oh, they're only playing Luxembourg. Sorry to anybody from Luxembourg. I thought this is an easy, easy win. Uh, It's not, looking at Luxembourg's recent form. So what I've done is Sigurdsson score any time on Friday and Andy Moran to score any time on Friday. I thought there's a nice little double. Sigurdsson's 5-1 to at the minute. So, you know, Moran, they're playing, uh, I think it's Latvia. And they are, again, sorry if anybody's from Latvia, but they are getting spanked all over the place. They're under-21s at the minute. So... (laughs) That's happening all day long. And Sigurdsson's probably going to play in that first game, I think, because the next game, again, sorry if anybody's from Liechtenstein, but Liechtenstein are the whipping boys of that group. So I think if he's going to play in any, it'll probably be the first one. So a nice little double for you there on Friday. The Andy Andy Moran one, though, is at one o'clock, I think, on Friday. So you're going to have to get it on early, early before work. Fingers crossed. Thank you very much. We'll have to see, won't we? Hopefully they do. And, you know, we'll have a look at the international next week. I'm sure we will after it. And hopefully we're discussing another winner, Mike. Now, we'll go on to the hot topic of this week. And that is Rovers' best XI this season. Now, there's a lot of different uh, players you can pick from, a lot of different positions as well. Like Mike mentioned, we've got Britain, etc. So we're going to go through each position, pick our strongest XI. We won't go into it too much because we could be sat here for... Uh, we've done an hour view on this before, just on the best exercise. We won't go into it too much. Yeah. Let's start with the keeper positions. Now, Mike, there's only two options. It's it's Leo Volstead or Enzi Perez. Who takes the role in the best exercise? I'm pretty sure we all agree it's Volstead, don't we? I think I think we've all moved on from Perez. Volstead, the last two games, has looked solid, looks confident and looks like the future. Yeah, it definitely does. Fingers with air. Uh, with him going on and keeping it on. Now, we'll go on to the fullbacks. Mark, you put a poll on Twitter. Uh, you put, we'll be discussing mm. the selection headaches in the Rovers chat pub later today. What combination would you go for? James Hill and Callum Britton won. So, Hill right back, left uh, mm. Britain left back. 56.7% of the votes went to that at the time of recording. Do you agree with that? Should it be Hill and Britton covering them fullback slots? The, these are the positions that I have flip-flopped around a lot. I think the problem with this is... And whilst we've not got a massive squad, I say it's a problem, we've got options. 
we've got, and we'll come on to Tronstad, we'll come on to Travis, those players, but we've got options that we would, would use in different games. And for me, this fullback position is that. So James Hill's come in at right back and he's given us some urgently needed height against Coventry, who love to knock the ball forward. QPR, we know, do the same. So that's been a big bonus. And I think in those games, he's got a role to play there. I agree with Mike. I think, you know, if anybody gets injured, I'm I'm now happy that he's going to be the centre-half cover. I just can't get away from JRC's best position being right-back. So, at weekend, yeah. everything he did well, he does well at right-back still. I know he had a good game at weekend, but if you go back and watch those first 20 minutes, he's out of position. The game's passing him by. He's missing headers. He's missing duels. I just find that I think there is a role for him in midfield, but it's when we're chasing the game and we're not that worried about the other end. I think if you're going to start him, it's going to be at right-back. That leads me then to the other side, which I don't think you can play JRC and, and Britain. Mm. I just think that's too, too far. So I feel incredibly harsh saying this on Callum Britain, and I didn't think I would actually until I properly sat down and thought about the dynamics of the team together. I, I think Harry Pickering has to take that role. But again, there are games where you think, do you know what, that, what, that right wing is a really good player. I would then put Callum Britain there and probably put Hill at right back. Yeah, it's kind of two pairs, isn't it, as such as, as moving yeah. around. Mike, do you agree, would that be your partnership or is it, like Mike says, of game-by-game basis? I didn't really want you to come to me with this one. It's this is too difficult for me. Um, <laughs> everyone knows my views on Pickering. I've, I've said all along, I know it gives us a 6, 7 out of 10 every week, mm-hmm. but there's just something that doesn't settle right for me. So I think... I would want Britain at left back, right mm. back. I don't want to. I don't want to lose JRC out of the team, but I really have been impressed with Hill the last two weeks. Mm. So actually, I would potentially push JRC up. Now that we'll discuss that in a minute, but mm. I, I, I think for me, it would be Britain left back, Hill right back at this moment in time. So the centre back option is pretty obvious. I don't think we need to go over Hayam and Carter uh, being picked at the back. The midfield yeah. now, this is the hard bit for me because there's everyone to go in. Go on, Michael, let you start. What midfield two are we going for? It's well, it's I think you've said it there. I would I would go midfield two, and I think that's when we're yeah. at our best. Um so rather than the four three three, and I think that I'll be honest, if I was picking a game tomorrow, it would be Tronstad and Wharton. Tronstad and Wharton, Matt, do you agree? Uh, Wharton, yes. Tronstad, yes, in certain games. But because I, yeah. in my team I haven't got JRC, I'd actually put JRC next to Wharton because the one thing I notice against QPR is he plays a lot bigger than he is. Um, mm. he, he, he does everything to JRC. And it's mad to think that last year he was on his way out. And this oh, yeah. now suddenly we're thinking, oh, where can we place him? Can we put him here? Can we put him there? We need him in the team. That's absolutely mm. crazy. That's what 12 months can do. What's really interesting is both of us didn't say Travis. Now, mm. I think that says a lot with Travis at the moment. He's not stepping up. There, there was something that someone said to me the other day. It was like, you know, when a team levels up, sometimes some players you don't expect come up with the team and some players don't, and they actually shy away mm. and come down. I think the likes of JRC have leveled up with us and are ready to make that next step. And the ones like Travis, I'm afraid to say, play a League One style of game, and they haven't levelled up with us. 
So the point I made on the ratings video that didn't actually come out because I had a few issues with it was that <laughs> for me, JRC does the role that John Doe wants Travis to do. I think he can do the box-to-box. -box. I think he's got that extra quality to not lose the ball as often as Travis does. I think Travis has a role in this side, and that would be to do what Tronstad were doing the other day. But I think Tronstad's more disciplined with it. I think he's mm. calmer when he gets the ball. The experience shows, and we're in the position with Trav where I feel he might just become, or at least for the next couple of months, because we know things can change, he might become that player that you bring on to see a game out, like we did on Saturday, where we've brought him on, solidified everything. And I didn't think I'd be saying that at the start of this year. I thought Trav would be becoming a regular especially after that first month as well but it just feels I think he he doesn't fit the system as well as these other players do and ultimately these other players are going to benefit off that now if we move on to the mid to the three behind the striker sorry so are we in any arguments about Smodics being in behind the striker no I think that's the that. obvious one isn't it so wide options yeah. I can imagine who one of them will be Mark but go on who are your two wide options yeah, absolute shot of horror. Sigurdsson's taken that left-hand side role all day long and twice on a Sunday. Uh, and I've gone Andy Moore and Honor on the right-hand side. Yeah, I'm in the same mind. Do you agree? Yeah. I mean, it's we seem to be overloaded with options now um, because everyone seems to be stepping up. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, Sigurdsson, Schmodics and Moran, they're going to be getting your chances. They're going to be getting your goals. I mean, to mention Dolan, Hedges, Mark and Day, and obviously Gilson has just made his debut. Any of them mm. coming in? I, I mean, what's your, what's your views on Mark and Day? Because I feel like he's he's not quite doing what I want him to. I feel, and mm. um, I feel he's an impact player. I think he's not a starter at this level. I think he's the player that comes on and can turn your defender inside out. You know, with 20 minutes. I just don't feel he offers enough for others to be involved from the start. Mm -hmm. I just don't feel he's got that as need. Yeah. I, I, I think his goal involvement is quite impressive. He's just There's just something missing. I don't think he's yet got, maybe it's a belief or, understandably, it just I don't feel bravery. Do you, would you use the term bravery? Yeah, on the ball. Yeah, I think I think he's got the tricks and things on the ball, but he just doesn't seem to. When the game's in the balance, he disappears a little bit. Mm. And uh, whereas I think Hedges actually in certain games, like we're talking about, where we've got the options, and I pick I pick Morin on the on the right hand side. Some games I wouldn't play Morin. I play Hedges, you know, because. But I think we've got yeah. options to. Sit, to, other than potentially Sigurdsson at the moment, we've not got that one standout player that you go, we potentially had a water. And obviously we talked about Smodics in the role, but I think there's no, everyone's at a similar level and that's possibly causing, oh, well, we could play him in certain games, we could play him in certain games. But actually we've got, we have got options, genuine options that we can, depending on who we're playing against and how we want to play. But yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean about Mark Ender. Yeah, it's, it's tough for Mark Ender. That's it. We've. I think we forget his age. Final position, striker, the one that hate debating all the time. But Mike, I'll come uh, to you first. Who leads the line right now? Sam Gallagher. I just think that he's got that experience uh, at the moment that Ennis Leonard and Telelovic don't have. <laughs> I can see him losing his spot eventually to one of those three. 
Uh, but right now, if everyone was fit, I'd probably be playing Sammy G. Mark, are you in agreement? Yeah. I don't think it's any coincidence that we've had a bit of a run uh, when he's not been playing. And I think special mentions to Harry Leonard. Absolutely. Special mentions to Iris Dolan at weekend. But for me, it's Sam Gallagher. It is for me. As much as I've criticised him, I just think yeah, yeah. Harry Leonard is ruling this side that he should, we shouldn't be relying on Harry Leonard to go and play 40 games and get all these goals. And I'm not saying he doesn't have the quality, but I feel it's too much to put right. on him. Sam Gallagher should be that man now. He should be the one that we say, look, Sam, go and get him. I think what will happen is, like we've seen a few times with him, is his goals tally will be sacrificed for the team. I don't think mm. he'll get the goals again. But I think what he'll offer is that extra outlet up top that will give Smodics more room. I think Sigurdsson will link up really well with Sam Gallagher. Uh, the way we're coming inside at weekend, I just think it works best yeah. for uh, for for everyone really. And again, that might mean Sam has to sacrifice his goals, and he might end up with seven or eight again rather than maybe double figures. But I well, think thing, he doesn't need to sacrifice many goals because he doesn't actually score that many. And well, that's no, always been the frustration, isn't it? It's like yeah. it's all relative with us. Our frustrations with Sam Gallagher are relative. We know he does a good job. We just know mm-hmm. he could do so much more. Yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah, the frustration with him. Yeah, I think that's why we are so, and Dodge mean us, I mean, the fans in general are so harsh on him, really, is because the ceiling for him, as we keep talking about, you know, he's got everything, really. He just needs, where are the rest of the goals? That's the problem. And that's, even if he was playing up front and we were winning, you'd still be hearing, why is he not scoring more? And that's the question, it's why? Because he's got everything you need to score. Yeah. He definitely does. That's where we round off the hot topic. Let us know down below your ideal start next time when everyone's fit for Rovers. Who gets into it? Now, we're on to my favourite part of the show. Again, for this thing, I will just let it play. And then we will get the... It's Mike's mailbag. Mike, <laughs> over to you. Here we go. Okay, so we've got three three in the mailbag today. Is it that good you need to play it again? They were that good it wanted to go to ice. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, so the first uh, the first question uh, I'll throw at you, Dan. So M. Collier, he made a comment on YouTube saying, I don't want my captain being a wind-up merchant, which leads to the question... What do you want to see out of Travis as a player and a captain? Good question. As a player, I want to see him doing the simple stuff. And I don't, again, I don't say that as kind of downplay role. I want to see him just making them tackles like we saw from John Stanley the other day. The captain role's the, the tough one. I don't mind the wind up stuff he does. I really don't. No. I just feel when he gets that yellow card, it completely takes away his positive sides of the game because he can't go in and make them crunching tackles and then you lose what Lewis Travis is. Now, I think I don't think he's the best suited to the captain role as it is, but he's going to stay as the captain. And I've done high just for reference. But mm. for me, I just want to see Trev just do the simple stuff. Don't have to overplay it. But then, like I mentioned last episode, I appreciate it. it's not just him. He's clearly being asked by the manager to go and be something that that he really isn't. So, simple stuff player, a bit more leadership captain-wise, but I'm not 
I'm not that against the uh, the wind up side of it. I think what I'd like to see from the captain point of view is maybe go back to club captain, team captain thing that we did quite a while ago. I think it was uh, Ryan Nelson mm. era yeah. where we had him as club captain, but we had a team captain as well. I was don't think Travis is good enough. Say again, sorry, Mark. Mm. Was it Samba or Dunn? And that's when, you know, it's that. Yeah, so we what? had club captain and team captain. I think that's what we need because Travis, to me, isn't a team captain. Um, because, I, I mean, I, there's certain aspects of the wind-up merchant I do like, but there's others where it just seems petulant, and I'm not a fan of that side of the game. I don't mind a little bit of pushing and shoving and stuff, but some of the things he does, to me, is a little bit childish and petulant and a little bit embarrassing if I'm, you know, if I'm being honest. So I, I think he would be a good club captain, but maybe team captain give it to Hyam. So... Okay, Mark. So Max asks, mm. we've seen two games as Volstead as starter. What are you yep. seeing that you like and dislike in this early part of his Rovers career? I think it, it's early to judge, isn't it? We, you know, we had the Harrogate game. We we couldn't take that. We had the game against um, Leicester where he came on. You, again, you couldn't really judge. So I'm, I'm going to go off the last two games. I think he's looked confident. He's looked calm. I liked his decisiveness. So, yeah, I think there are times where you look at him and think, mm, can he catch that? But most goalkeepers these days don't. And certainly, if you are early in your career, don't make a ricket. So the fact he's coming and punching, but then getting a good distance on it, I'm quite happy with that. But I think the biggest thing for me is something potentially he can't do too much about is the fact the defence look calm and confident with him. Nobody looks anxious. And as a supporter, I don't feel anxious either. So I think that's it. I think there's been a question mark over his positioning potentially against that Leicester goal and the dive at Coventry. But these are nitpicking. Some people, their opinions, aren't they? Um, and he, he got a little bit bored against Harrogate, which I think we need to watch because we, we couldn't do that in the cup. But on the ball, particularly the short passing, long passing, maybe not as much, but short passing, he looks, he looks very calm and assured. And, and I just feel comfortable with him. That said, I think it has been a bit harsh on Ainsley Pairs. You know, I do, I do feel, feel we need to say that. But at the moment, and I reserve judgment for a little bit. But at the moment, if I was, again we were playing tomorrow, it'd be Volstead for me. I was very close to tweeting out uh, when he made that really good save against QPR. He'd punched it out. The ball came back, and he made the save. And I was so close to tweeting out saying Pairs would get pelters for that because he punched it, but he, he yeah. punched it, go a little bit more looped and a little bit yeah. further than what uh, Pez did. But it was mm. the fact that it's it's that mentality, isn't it? We all obviously really want to support yeah. uh, Leo, so we're supporting yeah. everything he's doing, whereas with Pez, we yeah. was always looking for them mistakes. So he was looking yeah. to find them mistakes. I mean, Dan, quick one for you. Kaminsky, when he had his first couple of games, um, do you feel like he showed anything that you was unhappy about, or from the start was you happy with Kaminsky to compare him to Leo? No, I was happy with Kaminsky. I feel with Leo, like you mentioned, you repair you're always looking for that mistake from the back. What mm -hmm. I like about Leo is exactly that confidence bit that Mark mentioned that the players just look to be calm, giving them the ball as well. I don't think you can underestimate how good it is to have a keeper that can play the way he does, especially in our in our mm -hmm. setup. The uh, the fourth goal, Smodic's goal. I know, you know, quick thinking goals. I got it out to midfielder. Midfielder plays it forward, and we get that goal from Smodic's. And that goal was my favourite one of the day. That although 
it comes from the defensive mistake. We got the ball up the pitch quick. I've been mourned so many mm. times. Rovers sit around just passing it round the back. We got it forward, went for the goal and went uh, and got that goal and got the reward. So I like his early distribution and like Mark said, it's early days, but hopefully he's looking like a positive signing and he's got time on his side as well. We know we'll make mistakes. We know that's going to happen, mm. but it's just about sticking with him along the way and hoping it pays off to be a very, very, very good keeper uh, worth a lot of money as well. Yeah, well, I have faith in him. So, that your thoughts, Mike, as well? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I've spoken a lot about Bolsteads over... I mean, yeah. I did his release video, and I remember looking at all the information and everything, seeing all these videos, and it's really hard to make a decision on him. But yeah. then you look at him now in these last two games and you see his positioning. Like talking about that Leicester one, I'm still unsure on whether he should have come further or not. But actually mm-hmm. him placing himself and putting him in the position he did, it was just a good finish. And that's not me trying mm-hmm. to find a positive. Yeah, yeah. It was pairs. I'd be trying to find a negative. I just think it wasn't actually too bad. There are a couple mm-hmm. of moments where, yeah, I a more confident keeper that's been here for ages, played a lot of games, would be catching them instead of punching. But mm. like you rightly said, he's a continental goalkeeper. He's he's told to probably come out and punch. That'll mm. get coached out of him, hopefully, by Ben Benson. But we'll, we'll wait and see. So last uh, last question for the mailback. Sorry, not, Mike, just, oh, yeah, just on. on that one. I was just going to say, when I, what I thought you was going to say about Volstead with him punching it and was giving pairs pelters was the Ipswich game. When you brought the goals down, there was one, wasn't there, in the Ipswich game where he punched it and it wasn't far enough. And then he didn't yeah. react quick enough to make the save. And, and that's, yeah, so, that's the comparison. Yeah, so... Yeah. Yeah, you're right on that one. So when he did punch this this one uh, where he then made the save, if you look, it was very looping. It was a bit more distance. He had set himself. So when the ball mm-hmm. did drop at the edge of the area, the guy didn't just shoot, he passed it across, and then Volstead made his good save. So, yeah, yeah he is punching into into the places That's where hilarious. you would want him to punch. Yeah, and I haven't actually seen him make many saves as such, but the saves aren't back into danger and pairs. And Kaminsky used to do that. So we we are seeing what I would say is a more solid goalkeeper in the making. I I do think, I mean, there's only a year in him and pairs, isn't there? I do think Ainsley Pairs is going to make a a decent keeper. I didn't think that with uh, Jason Steele and I haven't seen him. I know he's playing the Premier League, but I won't want him back. Uh, I do think Pairs will make a decent keeper. However, I don't think it will ever be at Bybury Rovers. I think it's just yeah. not going to work out for me. No, I mean, I did, I'll be honest, I didn't rate Raya. I didn't rate uh, Steele. Um, I didn't rate a lot of the keepers in that era at all. And I know right. Raya has, has now gone to Arsenal, but it's not. Mm. I, I'm surprised that Raya's doing what he's doing. Uh, right. I'm surprised that Steele's doing what he's doing. But I do think that Kaminsky, I mean, he had a good game against Spurs, um, but I think your Kaminskis and your Volsteads, they are just your traditional goalkeepers, and I, I do I do have a lot of faith in Volstead, but I agree with you. I think Pears is mm. just going to be a mediocre, solid goalkeeper eventually. Mm. So last last question in the mailbag then, and this I'm going to actually throw this to all of us for a little quick uh, quick one. So Keith Villan asks, would you like VAR in the EFL? Well, I don't like. 
VAR generally. I think it slows the game down. It takes that passion away. Yes, okay, we could have potentially got a point at Coventry if VAR had had a look at it and said the goal should have stood. But I love the fact that we're having these conversations. I want there to be mistakes that we're not talking about how technology has not been used. The only thing I potentially would have is goal line technology because I think it's a pretty simple piece of technology. But everything else, I want to blame the ref. I want to have a go at Gav Mason all the time and stuff. That's my favourite thing to do. I don't want to be moaning at technology and the way it's done, but that's just me. So, Mark, I'll go to you. Would you have VAR in the AFL? No. I've been at Premier League games. I don't enjoy it there. I think you'd be relying on more EFL referees to be in the VAR room, and we've seen how poor they are. I don't necessarily think it would have made a difference to the Moran goal. I don't think it would have made a difference to the Ben Wilson goal at Ewood because you don't have the cameras, so that it would have been still not 100% sure, so I don't think they would have changed it. I just it, It's a mess. It, it slows the games down, and the, the, it ruins goals. It really does ruin goals. I mean, the, the goal line technology is great, and the fact that we've got that is a massive bonus. But beyond that, no. If they could make the offsides, you know how they in the World Cup it was, it's black and white and it's it's automated, yeah. and that was no human. It was just very similar to goal line technology. Yeah, he's offside. I'd have that. But as for going, oh, has he got a slight touch? Let's slow this goal down. Let's make this look like it was a red card. No. Get in the bin. So, Dan, obviously you go to a hell of a lot of games. I mean, you sleep on the way to them, but generally when you get there, you seem to see a lot of the games. So when you're there, would you would you hate VAR slowing it down, taking away that passion? Yeah, I think the Sheffield United one were a good example in the cup. We got the penalty off it, but I was still like, I'd rather just not add it. I know it helped us, but for me, the it's what Mark said that the EFL refs aren't good enough anyway. The technology, I think the idea of VAR is good, but the people using it isn't, and you're only as good as the people using it. You know, Like Mike said, if it can't make the decision for you and it's someone deciding that still, you're not telling me Trevor Kettle gets any better using video, you're not telling me Gavin Ward does, Darren England, any of them, I think they're all naff. So I'd just keep as it as it is. I think as horrible as it is when you concede a really terrible goal, or a goal put on you like that Middlesbrough one this year. I drive just stuff football as it is, and we'll worry about. Yeah. We'll get to argue the decisions anyway, even though we all know what's been in the the football news recently anyway with VAR. Well, that's the thing. I mean, we we love having these conversations. They used to say, you know, on a Monday morning, you'd be around the water cooler talking about these decisions and moaning about it. And it's easy for us to say we haven't been in a situation where we could have, I mean, we could have made playoffs last year if we'd had VAR with certain decisions. But then again, there might have been decisions that went against us. I just think it takes the passion away from football. But anyway, that's the Mailbag Boys. Mike, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Hey, we'll round off the show now with our usual quiz time. So, quiz time it is. We've got a few different ones today. We'll see how quick we get through them. The first is football tic-tac-toe. You'll have all seen it on social media. So, for anyone watching on YouTube, this will be a bit easier for you. If you're listening, we'll explain it. So, on this uh, tic-tac-toe grid, you've got Blackburn Rovers top left. You've got three teams down the side, Liverpool, Southampton, Man City. And you've got three across the top. Uh, Newcastle, Bolton, Norwich. So say you pick player A, which is in top left, you'd have to name a player or a manager that's been at Liverpool, Newcastle and Blackburn Rovers. So every player has to have a Rovers connection in this list. Does that make sense, Mike and Mark? 
Yeah. Yes. Who wants a fair? Oh, I've, I've got one. <laughs> so is that me or you then? <laughs> okay, okay, so I'm going to go A, which is Blackburn, Liverpool and Newcastle. And I'm going to go for the uh, obvious one and say Craig Bellamy. Yep, Craig Bellamy there. Obviously, for anyone watching, you have to get three in a row like you do in Tic-Tac-Toe. Mark, what are we going for next? I'm going to go for D and I'm going to go Graham Souness. D Souness, yep. Just for anyone watching as well, you can have, say, one who's managed Rovers and played for the other two clubs if you you want. Mark there. Uh, yep, you now, Mark. I'm going to say... Oh, I can't have the same player again, can I? No. Um, uh, I'm going to say... Uh, can I have the same player again? No, we'll go on, no, because there okay. is a decent enough option. <laughs> I was going to say, okay. So I'm going to say B. And David Thompson, did he play for Bolton as well? Do we need to quickly fact check that or is that completely wrong? It's coming up with David Thompson, basketball player, and I don't think that were him. Uh, let's look. He, he did. Could have done. I feel like he did. Done yeah, one, yeah. He, did. he had eight games at the end of his career mm. at Bolton. Mark, there. Have an issue. Mark, are you going to block him and see? Well, I would love to do, but um, I'm presuming Mike has now earmarked that one himself. Uh, oh, I think you're giving me too much credit there. I can't get a C, so I'm. I, if Mike can do it, fair play. I'm going to go E. Adam Armstrong. Yep, that's fine. Mike, can you get a C? Oh God! There's a really obvious one. I know there is. Uh, uh I don't know. Accidentally, when I was doing another one, but now I'm doubting myself. Right, I'm trying to see if I can block Mark with the Southampton Norwich link, and I can't think of one there either. So I'm just going to try and get a point and say H. And I'm going to say that the Man City, Bolton and Blackburn is Colin Hendry. Yep, that's fine. That's one there. Can you win there, Mark? Well, you'd have thought that's what I was doing, wouldn't you? Um, how, Dan loves however, to test us, doesn't he? Yeah. I'll be honest, it's a Norwich that's throwing me. I can't think of very many that have been there. Hmm. feel like this must be a lawn or something like that. Um, there's not many I can think of for them. If we get stuck on getting a win, I will Just put a clue out there and you can both buzz in. 
Oh, right, okay. Well, let's go with that. Uh, so, just to stop Mike Beattie getting the bottom one, I'm going to go Andy Cole on G. Andy Cole. Matt. Right, so I take it we're stumped on the C and the F1. Yeah, no one mm. knows Norwich players, do they? Come on, let's be honest. Right, uh, how do we get this? So, I'm trying to, I'll give you a clue for each and then. Oh! See if, oh! Oh, go on, Mark. Go on, Mark. I can block mine, but I can't get mine. Oh, that means I can win, though. Oh, I didn't even understand the rules of tic tac toe. It's Mike's goal, though. Okay, give me give me a sec. Um, okay, Liverpool, Norwich, Blackburn, Liverpool, Norwich, Blackburn. Oh, come on, listeners, help me out here. Um, I know you're going to be screaming at me. How obvious is it? Talk to, just give me a little clue. Not, not How at obvious all. is this one? Oh, it's, it's not it's obvious. Very, it's way out there. Yeah, he's not obvious. He's just been a recent enough player. Will you shut up? You go back. You go. You go back to sleep. I wish. Get that man a run. Sutton never played. No, go on, Mark. Go on, Mark. I'll give you a free free bat. It's Craig Bellamy. I'd already said Craig Bellamy, hadn't I? In which one? Anyone else fits in Newcastle? I did Newcastle, Liverpool, Blackburn. What in Liverpool, Norwich, Blackburn? Liverpool, yeah. No, Liverpool, Newcastle. Someone else I did. I did Bellamy. Is someone else fits. Because that's why I said. Because I said to you, didn't I? I said, can I have uh, yeah. the yeah, same yeah, player yeah. twice? And I thought to myself, as soon as I said it, I've absolutely put myself in the corner there. Do you want another clue? Go on. He left the club this summer. Okay. No. Oh, Daniel Ayala. Daniel Ayala. Oh, there we go. Did he ever make an Mark. appearance for Liverpool? Must have been in a cup or something. Yeah. And yeah. he made five in the league. So I'll show you the yeah. answers I had. Go on. So they should come up. Adam Armstrong fits. I know I put Craig Bell in there twice, but there, were, there was other options. But uh, Harrison Reed were the one I had for Southampton. Harrison Reed. Uh, and yeah. there were some other options there, but that's that one. Well done to Mark. That was tough. Now that was tough. We'll go for a quick game of blockbusters to finish oh, off. Shearer, I didn't get Shearer. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> oh, yeah. I pretend I forgot about him. Uh, it's a blockbuster, so people should know how this works. But it doesn't. So who went first on that one? It was Mark, wasn't it? No, I went first. Oh. So, Mark, you go first. You go from left to right on the right. blues. Go on. You've got to get a line connecting your left to right. So, you name a letter and I'll ask you a question. And the answer of that question will be related to the letter. So, say it was... I'm, I'm glad you explained that because I've never seen Blockbusters. I'm, I'm clear. For anyone who's watching. So, the one who... Uh, say it was Y and I said, which striker beginning mm-hmm. with Y was part of the 2002 Worthington Cup win. You'd say Yordi, you'd get a blue. You would. Uh, okay. Mike's going from top to bottom with a black hexagons. Mike, All right. do you want to go first? I'd be delighted to go first. I'm going to go you. You, which is... Right. Right, this answer does not begin with you, 
but you'll understand why because okay. there's not many. Former Rovers players, Usai and Irwin, that's Sebastian Usai and Matt Irwin, both played in which position? Goalkeeper. Goalkeeper it was. I'll be honest, Dan, I gambled that that was going to be Hakan Unsal. <laughs> yes, no, you did. That's the whole reason why I <laughs> did not do it. Uh, we'll go back to Mike now. We'll go one each. Mike, do you want to pick a letter? I'll go for J. 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 Which J, his first name, is a former Rovers player who also played for Wigan and Reading and he's the nephew of Cyril Regis? Jason Roberts. Mm. Yeah. Jason Roberts it is. Mike? Uh, uh, we'll go Mark, S. Mark, it's all right. We know S. what you meant. You're just off sleep. We'll go S. <laughs> <laughs> Which S was beaten by Blackburn Rovers in 1890 as they did the fourth FA Cup? Sheffield. If you get it wrong, if you get it wrong, then Mark can have a guess. Go on. Sheffield. Is he frozen at a key point here? I think Dan, no, you froze a little Sheffield. bit there, mate. Not so Sheffield. Not Sheffield. Oh. Oh. Okay. Mike, oh. you can go back and forth to one of you gets it and you can have it. So, what year was it again? 1890. Rovers beat this team, beginning with S, to win their fourth FA Cup. I reckon it's a team that's no longer in existence, which is why you've gone to it. Um, or not. <laughs> oh, God. Mine's gone blank. Scunthorpe. It's not, but I'm going to say Scunthorpe. No, Mark. Stork. Nope, Mark. Uh, is it? Is this? It is it a team that doesn't exist anymore. No, they do exist. Okay, right. Um, S. Ah, this is this is a tough one. Shrewsbury. (laughs) Nope, Mark. Southampton. Nope. See, you're not taking enough time to think, Mark, because then it's coming back to me far too quick, and I'm struggling (laughs) with names beginning with S. Is anything? (laughs) People are going to be screaming. Yeah. Sunderland. No, it's oh. you've nearly Sheffield Wednesday. Hey. Oh. Uh, Mike, you next. <laughs> I was just playing that out, this... just to add some suspense on. Yeah, this is going to be a two part yeah. podcast, people. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Hey. Oh, this is a nice easy one, this. Young midfielder James for Rovers has what surname beginning with E and I want you to spell it as well. 
<laughs> He's played this season for Rodgers. Edmondson. Yes, okay. but can you spell it? Can I spell Edmondson? Yeah. I think you'd slip e- up on that. E-D-M-O-N-D-S-E-N? No. Ah. Oh. Mark. S-O-N. S-O-N. Oh, that's brutal. That is harsh. I'm glad you slipped up there almost. Glad it worked getting you to oh. <laughs> Mark. L. L. Oh, this is the question I wanted you to get. I don't know if you'll know this. That's why you put it in the middle, isn't it? Brilliant. Yeah. Thanks. What L is the middle name of Rovers back Harry Pickering? Oh, I have seen this. But I can't oh. think of it now. Um, this is going to be a very, very long podcast, isn't it? If we don't know this. I have seen it, and I think it might be Leslie. It is Leslie. Yeah, it's Leslie. Yeah. Harry Leslie. We're not going to famous Leslie's. Mike? Well, I can only go see, can't I, now? Uh, no, okay. you can pick a letter to block him. Okay. I'm going to say R. R. <laughs> Mark. Uh, so this is for you, Mike. Start with R. Which Brazilian footballer famously had the ball kicked to him by former rubber Hakan Unsan, which did hit him in the <laughs> thigh, but he went down holding Yeah, it did. <laughs> Rivaldo. Brutal as well. He's lucky to be alive. Oh, could have killed him. Right. Up to you, Mike. You've got the advantage here. I'm expecting you to... We'll go... We'll go A. With A? Oof. Hmm. There are three players sound. with a surname beginning with A to come from Sweden and represent Rovers. Can you mm. name them? Uh, that would be Surname. Anderson. Anderson. Do you want the players? Go on, if you've got them. Well, I, I don't. That's why I was asking. Uh, I've got Patrick and I've got um, Anders Anderson. Yeah. And then there is obviously the other Anderson. Dave Anderson was the other one, wasn't he? That was his nickname, Dave Anderson. Yeah. Mike, can you steal it? Is it Kenny Anderson? Uh, it's not necessarily Anderson. Oh! Uh, oh. Oh, the Mark's just broken everyone's earphones. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, beginning with A, Swedish international. Has to have had well, a cap, Swedish- yeah? Uh, he does have a cap, whether he did it at Rovers, I couldn't tell you, but I doubt it. Let's see uh, if he does have a cap. Uh, send me the link and I'll check for you. Well, he uh, doesn't have a cap, but <laughs> he, is, he is from Sweden. Hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, Swedish. No, can't think. Mark, Mark. have you got it? 
You see, I thought you'd said that they all had the same surname, so that's what's that talks about. The other one would be Marcus uh, Antonson. Marcus Antonson. Oh, yes. Uh, you guys retain far too much knowledge for my liking. Mike, it's you to go. It's pretty obvious which one of two you'll have to go for, but. Yeah, I'm going to go with N. N. So to save the game for a while, at least. <laughs> I'm glad That's you put this one, Mike, after recent discussions. There are three players from Portugal who play for Rovers with either their first name or surname, starting with N. Can you name them? I need to start studying our Portuguese contingency because... I, I only I put still... it in because of you. Oh, Nuno Gomez, obviously. There's the other Nuno, isn't there? Yeah, first name or surname, don't forget. No, Mark, do you remember him as well? Yeah, sorry. Go on. Go on, Mark. I'm going to be here all night. There's Nuno Henrique and Fabio Nunes. Well done, Mark. You get Genuinely, 100%. You could ask me tomorrow and I will have forgotten (laughs) their names once again. And, Mark, if you have a look at that line that you got, it actually spells unsell out, which quite a, <laughs> a lovely yeah. bit of air. There's, there's something else it was close to spelling that I was a bit concerned about one stage, but yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. Well, I did have one more, but we'll leave that for next week just because we're on the mic now. That's all round mm. off. Uh, any comment, uh, any topics we'd say, feel free to leave a comment below whether it's looking at... Rob's best at side, Dolan's impacts, Modic, Sigurdsson, you name it. If we've discussed it, let us know below. If you knew Harry Pickering's middle name, let us know down below as well. We'll be back next week with a brand new <laughs> podcast. Episode 14, we'll look ahead to the upcoming games. We'll discuss a bit of the internationals. Any topics you want to see us cover, you can leave a comment down below. But that's where we'll round off. Mark, thank you very much for joining us. Always a pleasure. No problem, thank you very much. Can I just say as well, Dan, and it's not a dig at you having a sleep, don't worry, I'll, I'll leave the sleeping dogs lie. Um, can we just say that Ryan Dilks, I don't know what's happened to him, but he donned a Rover shirt and we've had a shocker since. So he needs to go back, have a word with himself, start calling us names again, get back in his little box, start fishing for Rovers fans to have a pop at him and hopefully after the international break, everything will be back to normal. Well, I'm gutted because I've just... So, yeah, we all know how you're that goes when he starts praising us. Dan, Dan, you're leaving us in suspense. You froze. You said, I'm gutted because, and that was it. On a cliffhanger. He's praising, he's praising Arno Sigurdsson. Oh, no. And we all know where that ends up. Uh, Mike, oh, thank you very much for joining us, as always. Yeah, it's good. I'm going to go and research my Portuguese players once again. They're letting me down in these quizzes. I'm not happy if they come up again. I'm resigning. I'm going to test you next week on your Portuguese players. That'll be our, <laughs> our little bit at the end. Thank you to everyone for watching. Hit like, hit subscribe, whatever platform you're watching on. Leave us a review. It's always appreciated. Uh, record numbers going up each time on the listens. So keep it going. Keep sharing the podcast. If there's anything you want to see as well, uh, if you're not on YouTube, then you can tweet us at roverschat underscore or email us at roverschat at gmail.com. We'll implement the ideas. And fingers crossed that this time next week we're discussing smodic scoring, Moran scoring, 
Uh, Simpson's going as well to get Mark's bet up and fingers crossed. We're also got a bit of a positive outlook heading into the upcoming games. Thank you for listening and we'll see you soon. Yeah.